Colter Nuanas from ESPN Montana here at the M Store. Proud to present our Nuanas Now podcast each and every day, available on all of your various podcast hosting platforms. One of their awesome partners, a guy that really is uh, helping spread the word about the M Store, is Grizz All American Junior Bergen. What's up, man? Thanks for coming in. Yes, thank you for having me. First of all, you got a cool t shirt. What's it like being on a t shirt? You're a kid from Billings, Montana, so that, yeah. might, that must be kind of surreal knowing there's a t shirt of you at the M Store. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, I went to a couple basketball games back home. And uh, I saw some kids running around with I their love shirt it. on. And it was really surreal. It was a cool moment, cool experience for sure. Uh, that's so cool. You guys do such a good job of embracing how much the community loves you. But when people are looking up to you like they do, I mean, they think, I mean, you're the man right now for <laughs> <laughs> the University of Montana. What's yeah. that like being a Montana kid? Um, it's different for sure. Um, you know, growing up, you kind of look up to guys like who are in the NFL totally. and stuff like that. But, um, you know, it's just great to have a, a positive influence on these kids' lives. Um, you know, I just wanted to make sure. Uh, I set the example and lead by example and give them someone to look up to. Go check out the M Store. They're located there at the corner of Higgins and Broadway here in the city of Missoula. And you can also visit anytime online, MontanaMStore.com. They have all the latest and greatest, a whole bunch of original Grizz gear. And of course, they have Junior Bergen t-shirts. Junior Bergen, proud partner with the M Store, as well as us here at uh, ESPN Montana. Thanks for swinging by, man. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me. The M Store, where they're all Grizz all the time. Sportsbet Montana is powered by the Montana Lottery. Join in on the excitement for Sportsbet Montana by betting on your favorite sports and teams, both collegially and professionally. There are multiple ways to bet, including in-game, which gets you into the action live as the game unfolds, and parlay betting, where you could have a chance to win big. Sportsbet Montana is a secure and interactive way to win while watching your favorite sports. Bets can be placed securely on the mobile app while at an authorized Sportsbet Montana location or by using the Sportsbet Montana kiosk located at approved vendors. Montana bettors have wagered more than $28 million since Sportsbet Montana launched almost a year ago, and in that time, bettors have won more than $25 million. Sportsbet Montana's retail partners have more than $1.7 million in commission. Head on down to your authorized Sportsbet Montana locations and get in on the fun today. trying to figure out how to deal with the heat. It was hot, hot down in Ogden, Utah, 90 plus, and uh, it's about 5,000 feet above sea level down there, so uh, my bald head was about touching the sun, but it was a great weekend being at the Big Sky Conference Outdoor Track and Field Championships. Missed anything in the first hour of Nuanez now here on 1029 ESPN Missoula. You can find it on the podcast. Podcast is available all your podcast hosting platforms. It's also available on our station website, 1029ESPN.com. It's proudly presented by Blackfoot Communications, The Wingate by Wyndham Hotel, and Sports Bet Montana. Time now to go to the Riggins Brothers RV phone line. Welcome to a good friend of this show and uh, the man that knows it all when it comes to the FCS, Sam Herter from Hero Sports, Senior FCS Football Analyst for Hero Sports. And Sam, hope you're doing well, my man. You were just getting back from Frisco, Texas. 
And uh, you've been down there quite a few times, but set the scene because this was a different scene than for about the last decade. Usually, it's Fargo South. Anybody that's ever been down there, it is a spectacle within itself to even see the the descending of the North Dakota State Bison fans to uh, Frisco, Texas. But instead, no NDSU in the national championship game this year. Their rival, South Dakota State versus Sam Houston State, they squared off yesterday in Frisco. Thriller, we're getting to get the details of the game. Sam Houston scored late to pull out a 23-21 victory for their first FCS National Championship. But just set the scene for us, Sam. What was it like sort of during the weekend, during the pregame and stuff like that? Because it was to- probably a totally different feel without NDSU there. It, it, it was a little bit, uh, but honestly, you know, South Dakota State really traveled well. Uh, and Sam Houston did as well as you could, you know, tell by the, the stadium crowd. But since Sam Houston is only three hours from Dallas, uh, the Frisco area, and, and a lot of alum live in the Dallas area, uh, it, you know, there wasn't a lot of Sam Houston fans out Friday night or, or Saturday night before the games because maybe they didn't travel uh, until Sunday. But on Friday and Saturday, South Dakota State fans, they, they really did a great job taking over uh, the hotels in the, in the area, the restaurants and the bars uh, in the area. Uh, I went to an establishment Saturday night uh, that's usually taken over by NDSU fans, and this one was taken over by South Dakota State fans. And so uh, the Jacks fans traveled uh, really well uh, for the long trip, uh, and it was, it was a great atmosphere down there. Sam Herder joining us, Rangers Brothers Army Fold Line. He covers the FCS at large for Hero Sports. And Sam, what a game, back and forth. Uh, I think that this game is interesting because both these programs have sort of defined identities on the national level with the way that they've won over the last 10 years or so. But both of these teams are a little bit different than what maybe that broad identity is. I mean, Sam Houston State's been running this spread option for quite some time, all the way back to um, the Willie Fritz days when they were in the, the semifinals in the championship game perennially but could never get over the top against North Dakota State. And then South Dakota State, they've had such a prolific offense with such great players. Uh, but both these teams still good on offense to be sure. But they bang on defense, man. These are two physical teams on defense. I was very impressed with with both teams' defense, especially Sam Houston State's front. So just take us through this matchup, though, because this was a back-and-forth game with some crazy circumstances, with some injuries that were very impactful, uh, some bad weather, and, and, and a kind of a back-and-forth battle all the way through. So just take us through some of the standout moments of the game. Yeah, I mean, both of these defensive lines just got after it. Uh, that's really been... For Sam Houston, that's been a big difference between this year's team and all the previous teams that came up short was was having a stout front seven and having a defensive line that can uh, that, that you know stand its own ground uh, against against the run. And with South Dakota State, I mean, it, they they just rotate uh, so well on the defensive line, and their and their twos look just as good as their ones. And so, uh, yeah, these defensive lines certainly got out of, uh, got after it. Uh, you know, it's the it was unfortunate early on uh, with South Dakota State and their starting quarterback Mark Kronowski getting hurt. Uh, it, they're going to have the what if you know question for quite some time on if he stayed in the game, uh, what would happen and if South Dakota State uh, would have won that game or not. And that's, I mean, South Dakota State has had some bad luck like that where you know everything was lining up for them to win a national championship, but then all of a sudden the first. You know, the first series, Granowski was out with an injury, doesn't come back, yet they battle, and they have another true freshman step up and running back Isaiah Davis with two long runs, and all of a sudden they take the lead, and it kind of seemed like it was going to be a storybook finish for South Dakota State where, you know, even with uh, 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 the backup quarterback in and their star freshman quarterback out, they were going to win the game, went up with five minutes left, 
And then Sam Houston, they've done it all playoffs. They did it against Monmouth. They did it against North Dakota State. They did it against James Madison, uh, where they had their backs up against the wall in the fourth quarter, and they found a way to win. And I know they've, they've kind of taken on the nickname of Cardiac Cats uh, for this spring postseason, and they certainly did that one more time to win the national championship for the first time in program history. Sam Houston State's Eric Schmidt threw a 10-yard touchdown pass to Ify Adaye with 16 seconds left to propel Sam Houston State to a 23-21 victory over South Dakota State in the FCS National Championship game Sunday, Frisco, Texas. It was also a FCS record 24th playoff victory for Casey Keeler. Uh, he became the first coach to win an uh, FCS National title at multiple schools. So I want to talk about that element. Sam Herter joining us, Hero Sports, on the Rangish Brothers RV phone line. It's 102.9 ESPN Missoula. Casey Keeler, I remember when Casey Keeler, first and foremost, led Delaware to the national championship. Uh, it must have been 15 years ago. And then I also remember when Willie Fritz left Sam Houston because they didn't quite have the money to pay him. He ends up going to Georgia Southern. And, uh, you know, I don't want to say he just faded into anonymity, but he would have been, you know, he had a role in there at Sam Houston. But here nor there. I remember when that hire occurred, thinking it was strange on all fronts because Casey Keeler didn't seem much like Willie Fritz, especially in terms of offensive mindset. He also seemed like he was leaving a very good job. I mean, Delaware is one of the best jobs in the FCS for sure because they have great support, they have money, they have tradition, and he had won a national championship there. And then when uh, this thing sort of was in the midst of Casey Keeler leading Sam Houston State, Sam Houston State hasn't been very good the last couple years. But now... They're the champions. So I know you talked last week a little bit about how this thing's been rebuilt, but sort of take us through this this long and winding path because it seemed like a strange deal all the way around when um, Casey Keeler first went to Sam Houston, but now it seems as if it's the perfect fit. Yeah, I mean, if you if you talk to Casey Keeler or you just listen to him at press conferences, he, he certainly can talk the talk. I mean, he is a... Um, he, he, he thinks highly of himself, uh, that is for sure, but the thing is he backs it up. Uh, he knows he's a good coach. Uh, he'll straight up tell you that he's a good coach, uh, but the proof is right there that he is a, a, a good coach, and he kind of has that moxie about him that can rub people the wrong way, and that, is, and that basically is why he left uh, Delaware. I mean, he won a national title in 2003. Uh, he, he led Delaware to a national title game in, I want to say, 2008 and 2010. Uh, I believe that was when Eastern Washington beat Delaware in 2010. Uh, and so he was rolling there at Delaware, and I think it was after the 2011 or 2012 season uh, is when Delaware decided to go in a different direction That's and right. basically, you know, essentially chase Keeler out of there uh, just because the administration and Keeler didn't see eye to eye. Um, there were some alums that didn't see eye to eye with Keeler. Uh, he was the type of guy I was told that I drove a Porsche around Newark, Delaware, <laughs> and that kind of thing just doesn't really jive with the uh, with the locals there. Uh, and then so he was out of coaching for a year. Uh, I think he was doing some stuff for NFL Films, uh, and then Sam Houston. You know, he Sam Houston offered him the job. Uh, you know, he, he led them to a couple semifinal appearances in, in 2014, 2017. Uh, but they were the type of team that, you know, they were very finesse. Uh, they won games in the Southland 59-45. to 45. And when it came to playing North Dakota State or James Madison, they would get blown out 55-10, to 62-10. to 10. And so he... He made a conscious effort to change the, their style of play. Uh, you know, their offense is still high-flying, but it's not as up-tempo. Uh, like we talked about, the defense has gotten a lot more tougher and physical. And in 2018 and 2019, you know, they missed the playoffs for the first time in a decade in both of those years, and, and the fans were getting a little restless with, with Casey Keeler. But 
he had a, he had a stress, uh, a little bit of patience, I guess, because he was turning things around uh, in the sense of, of building a team that was able to beat a team like North Dakota State or James Madison, and that's exactly what they did uh, back-to-back weeks before beating South Dakota State. And so, uh, you know, like I said, he can talk the talk, but he can walk the walk too because uh, he, he's a great coach, and, and he showed it uh, yesterday and, and throughout this, this spring season. A couple years back, ESPN put out 150 top college football coaches of all time, and Casey Keeler, one of the few from the non-FBS ranks to land on that list. So he certainly is an accomplished guy. That part, the part of the story that's so crazy is that Delaware is his alma mater too. So to kind of to win a national championship at your alma mater and still get chased out of town, um, that, that's something else. But regardless of all of that, moving forward now, let's talk about South Dakota State just for a minute. Sam Herter joining us from Hero Sports. He's the FCS senior analyst for Hero Sports. And South Dakota State has been, they've done as good a job at incrementally building and incrementally chasing the powers that be uh, of any school or program in the FCS. When they first went Division One, it seemed like they had forever to go, and then they started making the playoffs. Back in 2009, I remember that game that they had at Montana, which was a, a they were up big on Montana, and then Montana had one of the great comebacks in FCS history. But here and there, ever since then, they've been very, very good, perennially in the playoffs, perennially making playoff runs. My question for you, Sam, is twofold. One, how do they get over the top? And secondly, John Stiglmeyer, head coach of South Dakota State, he has been there for as long as I can remember. Seriously, maybe my lifetime or, or close to it. He's been there for so long. And he's been the only coach they've ever had since they moved up to Division One. How much longer does he have? Because it seems like th- this was maybe one of his last best shots. I know another one will come around in the fall, but um, where are we at just with South Dakota State, what they need to do to get over the top, and, and just John Stiglmeyer uh, as the leader of that program? Yeah, you know, I, I think had South Dakota State uh, won it all uh, this spring, I, I still think Stig would have came back uh, in the fall just because that's obviously yeah. a really short turnaround to uh, to find a new head coach, even though I think they would go – uh, in house, uh, but I do, you know, I, I think he's always said that that once his wife says, you know, okay, it's time, you know, it, it's time to to, <laughs> to basically let go. <laughs> right. uh, that's when he that's that's when he knows when it's time to retire. But I don't, you know, so I don't know if he has two years, three years, you know, five years. I I, I really don't know. Uh, but he's done a really really good job there. Obviously at South Dakota State, slowly building uh, that program up to a, from a quarter finalist to a semifinalist now, you know, a national title experience. They've just, I mean, this this spring was really their golden opportunity, uh, you know. And I said it when the bracket was released that if South Dakota State doesn't win it this spring, you know, I don't know if they if they ever are going to win a national championship. And you know, that's that's probably a, a little too dramatic because they'll they'll be positioned, you know, terrifically in the fall to compete for a national championship again, depending on you know Mark Gronowski if he is able to play uh, in the fall. Uh, it sounds like his knee injury is pretty serious, uh, but it's just. You know, they slowly, they've slowly been climbing, uh, but they, they just had really bad luck. I mean, you look at 2019, uh, they, I think it was number one versus number two hosting North Dakota State. College game day came to town. Just a, an historic day for the program and, and for the university and for the town of Brookings. And South Dakota State is looking great. You know, they, they were jumping all over North Dakota State in, in the first two possessions. And then their redshirt freshman quarterback, Jabari Gibbs, on the second possession, uh, tears his ACL, and then it's kind of you know they, they, they stop rolling North Dakota State then, and, and NSU battles back and, and wins. Uh, you know, like, like I mentioned, uh, Mark Ranowski, the true freshman this year. Uh, you know, he he 
I, I don't know exactly what his knee injury is, but he hurts his knee early. I think it was the first drive against Sam Houston, uh, and that basically just completely takes away South Dakota State's passing attack. And yet they were still close to beating Sam Houston with, with a couple of explosive runs, but you know just just weren't able to to close the game out there at the end. So uh, yeah, I mean things just haven't really fallen. South Dakota State's way, uh, but they are very, very young. Uh, I mean, the Isaiah Davis is only a freshman. Uh, their, their two best offensive linemen are sophomores. Their two top receivers are sophomores. Uh, defense is is loaded with experience, uh, and they also rotate, so they have a lot, a lot, a lot of younger guys uh, with valuable experience as well. And so, uh, the Jacks are here to stay for sure. Uh, but I do, th- I do wonder, you know, where they'll where they'll be at uh, if Mark Ranowski can't go in the fall. Sam Herder joining us. He's the senior analyst for all FCS football at Hero Sports. And Sam, we'll get you out of here on this then. Huge moment for Sam Houston State to break through and become the FCS national champion because this is a program that has proud tradition. They've always been very competitive. And the last 10 years, you could argue they're one of the top five or six programs in the FCS period. And now they finally have their first national championship. So two-part question, how does this set the table for the fall? What will it take for Sam Houston to maybe win, for the only time ever, two national championships in one calendar year? And is there any chance that this national championship actually hurts Sam Houston State going into the fall? Uh, you know, I, I I don't think it hurts them. Uh, I, I think it, it it helps them in the sense, well, I mean, in the obvious sense of, you know, it's a huge moment for the program. But I also think, you know, it's going to be hard for players to transfer you know, it wasn't, as, as we're midway through May, and so I think just having this long run helps where all their top players seem like the, the, they are going to be coming back to Sam Houston and won't be hitting the transfer portal. Uh, I know Jaquez Ezra, the fantastic wide receiver, uh, he said that he doesn't plan on going to the FBS and he's returning to Sam Houston. Uh, and, and so, I mean, all their pieces, for the most part, are coming back uh, in the fall. Uh, obviously, you know, the there is a chance they're going to run into South Dakota State again in the playoffs. Uh, I think North Dakota State and James Madison are, are going to reload. Uh, the Montana teams, uh, obviously, are back in the picture. And so it'll be a tougher road to a national championship for Sam Houston for sure. But I definitely think they, they should be the number one team uh, in the preseason polls heading into the fall season. Sam Herter, Hero Sports, best in the biz. Thanks for always jumping on with us, Sam. We love talking to you. Tell people quickly, because I know you got to get out, because you got more recording to do. You're a, you're a, you're a uh, hot commodity today. But just quickly, tell people how they can follow all your work. Uh, yeah, uh, Herosports.com is our website. And then you can find me on Twitter at Sam Herter FCS. As always, our pleasure, Sam Herter. Best in the biz when it comes to covering FCS football on a national level. Sam, appreciate the time, man. We'll circle back around with you soon, but in the meantime, be well. Absolutely. Anytime. Appreciate it. Nuana is now 1029 ESPN Missoula, SWX Montana Television. I've been gone for a couple weeks, so we haven't heard from our good friend Carolyn. She's here to tell you all about youth soccer, youth officials, and why Tom Brady's homeless. The world may have slowed down, but it didn't stop. If you're back on the road and traveling to Missoula, we invite you to give Missoula's Wingate a try. We love our regular corporate guests and offer fantastic service, great year-round rates, and clean and comfortable rooms that will keep you coming back. While you're here, you can rack up the Wyndham Rewards points for free nights or airline miles. And starting in July, you can release some steam in our newly expanded fitness room. The team at Missoula's Wingate would love to make you feel at home
that as great as this song is, that it's actually the worst hit song UB40 ever had. How can that be possible? Because there's so many other really good ones that just aren't quite as famous. I'll show you in a minute, Tommy. You're going to really love it. Come on, it's now 1029 ESPN Missoula, SWX Montana Television. I'm Coulter Nuanas. Thanks so much for riding with us on a Monday. Glad to be back in the great city of Missoula. I was on the road for pretty much a lot <laughs> the last uh, two months. Big Sky Conference Tournament in Boise, the NCAA Tournament in Indianapolis. Then I was on my vacation road trip, and then I was in Ogden, Utah this past weekend. It's been fun putting miles on the car and driving through the beautiful West United States, getting some time alone to think about all the things that you need to think about in life, and that's uh, been really fun. And also, it's just so good going to events, seeing people, I mean, this Big Sky Conference Outdoor Track Championships, I mean, I was all over the place doing interviews. We shared nine of them in the first hour of this show. But just to be able to interview people in person, outside, man, really makes us thankful for maybe what we've been missing. But hopefully we continue to have that gratitude for what we've been missing because I hope that when this whole thing passes and we, you know, sort of go back to life as normal, however you want to spin what that definition is, I hope we continue to express gratitude because and you should always remember what we lost. This was a brutal year, man. Like this was this was not an ideal situation <laughs> to be a lifelong sports media guy. Not not ideal. It was in fact horrible, and uh, it was just really good to get back in the fold and really just be covering an event normally. Man, I was go. I mean, there wasn't a lot of media guys there, but I was going to and from the press box uh, at, in Ogden, and and the facility there was cool too. The track meet was at the football stadium. Then the softball games, which, by the way, University of Montana made it till Saturday, and then they lost a loser-out game Saturday morning in heartbreaking fashion. They were down 6-1 to Southern Utah. They came back and tied it. Bottom of the seventh inning, SUU gets runners on first and third. And uh, then two outs for the Grizz. Sharp ground ball to the shortstop. She throws to second base. The ball's dropped. Southern Utah scores the game-winning run. And... Uh, the Grizz out, but they basically, if you would have had a playthrough bracket, they basically got third. So good showing by the sixth seed, to be sure. Played in five games. So good showing by Montana softball. Heartbreaking way for it to end. Uh, efforting to get a couple Grizz softball people in here to recap the season because it was a great year for them, especially a great tournament run. But regardless, the softball facility, the th- throws facility, and then Stewart Stadium, three separate facilities. So a lot of running around, a lot of logistics, but all that is to say... It was super fun to be running around and having to deal with a bunch of logistics because that is a lot better than sitting in empty basketball arenas and doing Zoom calls with Danny Sprinkle and Travis Takir. I'll tell you what, it's a lot more fun to just interview somebody in person one-on-one and uh, see their smile and see their emotions and all that. So happy to be back, but I hope we don't forget what we lost and continue to appreciate what we have moving forward because it is just so much better to be able to interact with humans and feel their spirit, see their smiles and all that. It's what makes us human. It's what makes us alive. So so hopefully, even as we do start to get things back, remember, have gratitude for it, express that gratitude, and never forget, because there's uh, our lives as they were, even when they were at the most horrific place, are still better than most humans' lives in the history of this planet. So remember that as well. But regardless, one of the keys to happiness is gratitude. So I hope that you continue to express gratitude in your life, and hopefully you are getting things back that you lost, that you covet once again. Make it up for last time. I've been on the road so much, we haven't got to do one of our favorite segments in quite some time. Been a couple weeks at least. So, we are going to make up for a lot of different things here. It's a chick who doesn't know sports with our good friend Carolyn. It's also going to feature a little bit of an update on the youth sports scene as well. Uh, there's some summer camps coming up and stuff like that, and we have not done our youth sports segment from Pepsi Cola uh, lately either. But first and foremost, we're going to talk about a variety of different things. 
Carolyn, how you been? What's going on? Have you missed us? I don't even know where I am right now. What, <laughs> it's like, I don't understand where, why we haven't continued the segment on the road. We did it through a pandemic. Yeah. You have some nerve to take a vacation. I know. I know. But it's good to be back. That's good. Yeah. So what have you been doing? You've been, you've been soccer mom in it. You're, yeah. a, you're a coach. You're a conditioning coach. You have exceptionally talented young son. Yes, I do. I have, we have an exceptionally talented young team of That's good. sons. And they're all my sons because I love these kids so much. They're so fun to watch. And I think I And they I'm, love good Americano. And they do love good <laughs> Americano. And um, they... Um, I totally lost my train of thought. They were supposed to win the championship this weekend, but they didn't. Even though well, they so they went the to a tournament... And the way the brackets went, they won every game. But because of the point system of this particular bracket system, they did not get to play in the championship, which was really disappointing. Um, so I still told them that they're undefeated in my eyes because they are and they're really good kids. And, you know, we'll just we'll it's a good life lesson. That's why sports are so good for kids. Exactly right. So learn way more from losing than winning. We may need to rename the segment as care the the chick who loves soccer because <laughs> the chick who knows no sports but loves soccer and i don't know soccer either but i love watching them play well i'm glad that you're uh, bestowing your wisdom of not knowing the sport upon them that seems good <laughs> for their future um this is through fc missoula right fc missoula they got yep. some soccer camps coming yes up. they do have a soccer camp um june 23rd to the 27th you can go to fcmissoula.com to check out the information on that uh, they are also sponsored by Pepsi. So Ben or Nick was very excited. We were in Target and there was a big Pepsi display and he had his mm. uniform on with the big Pepsi. Mm. And so he held up a 12 pack of Pepsi. And It's amazing that we have 11 year olds with sponsored logos. Right? We appreciate Pepsi yeah. for being a sponsor of everything, but it's also crazy, but great branding. I mean, you know, when we get Air Emirates or whatever, we'll be really big time. But no, it's really great. Pepsi does, they gave us these amazing uniforms and they've they've done a ton for us. So super grateful. As the camp gets a little bit closer to, we'll, we'll continue to remind you because I know that there's a lot of parents out there listening, looking for stuff for their kiddos to do. And uh, soccer camps are definitely a great way to run them ragged during the summer. Yeah, and this camp is super fun. It's They do so much fun stuff and learn a ton. Like Nick came back from his first one, a new, a different player, and with like a new love for soccer too. Gotta love it. Nuana is now 1029 ESPN Missoula. Chicken doesn't know sports. Carolyn joining us. We've talked about this on the show actually a lot. I think this is actually worth reemphasizing. We should continue to talk about it because there's no new real layers to it, but it's important to reemphasize there's an official shortage across the board. We talked about this a lot the last two football seasons because basically the way that it all played out, we were having to move varsity football games in some of the smaller towns around the area to Thursday nights and sometimes Saturday days because there wasn't enough refs to get out on Friday nights. And I think that people need to really understand all of the the repercussions that something like this could have, that a, that a shortage of officials can have. It's not just that... Short of officials is going to directly impact the quality of officiating, but it also impacts the scheduling of the teams. But more importantly, seriously, Friday night football in tiny towns in Montana is a gigantic part of the economy. There's a lot of people that live on ranches in the middle of nowhere in Montana that only come to town once to get groceries and once to go to the football game. But yeah. then they eat out or they go to the bar and have a beer afterwards or whatever. 
So just not having Friday night football, it it's that's impactful. Like when Darby was playing their games on Saturday afternoons, that's just that's less money that people are going to spend in the community. So I think that people need to realize that this is a big deal, and we need to have officials because we we run the PSAs on this station all the time. Parents can be vicious. There's there's a lot of scrutiny that comes with being an official. But also, we need good people that have thick skin to be able to do it. Else, we're not going to be able to have youth sports at such a high level. Yeah, we had our one of our games. We just didn't have a ref. And then one of the coaches from the other team was certified. And then we actually, a brother of one of the players uh, is certified. And so we had them out there. And it was just, I mean, it was, we're so grateful that everyone stepped up, but we need more, we need refs in, in all the sports. And I get it. I have seen parents yelling at the refs. For I've sure. seen them yelling. In fact, the game before us, the whole entire crowd yelled, handball. And the sure. refs like, I know, but it's just so important, even though I won't do it because I, <laughs> and it's only because I'm not smart enough to know sure. the sports. You're, why did you agree so quickly to that? And I just laughed. Okay. It felt like you were like, yeah, you're right. Well, no, I just thought you were going to say you were going to do it because you had uh, shopping to do or wine to drink what? or no, carpools to run or I'm not smart enough. Pelotons to ride or whatever. I'm just not smart TMZ enough. to watch. All of those things, yes. <laughs> but I also just, I don't know the rules enough. Like I barely can figure out what offsides is. So. No, totally. Um, I, I always say this too. It, I was the head of the, the uh, Youth Baseball Umpiring Association in Bozeman for several years, and um, I had a hard time finding kids, too, which seems so silly because youth baseball only takes like two hours, and you make like 20 bucks an hour I doing know. it. And so for a, like a high school kid, it's great money. I, know. Like I was an adult doing it. I, I just did it for, you know, to be a part and of the community. It's only a couple but, hours. Right. I just did it to be a part of the community or whatever, but like getting a couple hundred extra bucks every week just yeah. for hanging out with kids is pretty fun. Yeah. Regardless, what I always say is that Show up on time, take it seriously, have a thick skin, but don't engage with the people. Just the call is what it is. Tell everybody that before the game. And that's it. I umped games for seven years, never had one single issue. Because you establish the authority, and then if you take it seriously and do a good job, people really aren't going to get on you that much. And you can throw people out of the game if you want. <laughs> so. you, you totally can. Yeah. If you, you want to get involved with officiating in any form or fashion, all you got to do is just go to... Um, it's go to the MHSA website, or you can go to MOA, which is the Montana Officials Association. All the links will lead you to all the various ways. Or you could call any of these soccer clubs or organizations, whatever. There's a billion ways to get involved. But it is worth noting. Chick who doesn't know sports with our good friend Carolyn. I'm back from the Big Sky Conference Outdoor Track and Field Championships down in Ogden, Utah this last week. We were talking some track and field earlier. I was showing you some videos of some of the best athletic performances. If you had to do a track event, not right now, not in your soccer mom prime, but in mm-hmm. your in your uh, athletic prime, oh, mm-hmm. what was what would be your your ideal event? Some sort of a sprinting event. I, I, see, a I can 50 see yard dash. I can see like I, I don't hundred yard. What is it? I can see as like a four hundred runner. One yeah. one lap. Yeah. Yeah. I because the the hundred yard the hundred meters is like. You gotta be real fast. Those girls are smoking fast. I'm pretty fast. Are you? I'm a fast yeah. sprinter from tennis. I think. Um, in fact, when I am working out with the boys, I we do some sprints, and there's been many a time I've beat them, and they get really mad, and I love it. Yeah, <laughs> that's awesome. Uh huh. How long is that gonna last? Oh, not long. They're little. <laughs> very yeah. yeah no, very, very I mean, short time yeah, period. But it's yeah, still... Nick's about to Nick's about to do his first growth spurt here, and then he's yeah. going to be like an actual real teenage like, good athlete. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. He um, but it's I'm a pretty good sprinter though. Not gonna lie. Okay, I was thinking, I was thinking about it. There, there's literally half of the events I 
for sure no chance could do no matter what. In my athletic prime and if I trained for years, there's no chance that I could ever run a 10K or a 5K. <laughs> no I mean, way. I've done it, but I wouldn't do it well. Or like the 3,000 the 3, meter steeplechase. What no. is that event? It's 3,000 meters, but then they also have the giant hurdles and the puddles. And it's like, what kind of sick person are no. you that you want to do this? My brother has done a 50 mile race. What? Yes. So he he fully hates himself. Yeah. <laughs> like you have to have such a level of of you yeah. have to be able to go to a different place to be able to do he's that. He's a uh, try. He did try like Iron Man and stuff like sure, that. So sure. he's. That's his thing. I could see that the diversity of athleticism that the Ironman requires, I could see that as a draw because it's a very iconic number in the run with the marathon. It's a very tangible number with the swim and the bike. Just pounding or running back-to-back marathons, that is just, it cannot be good for your health, in, I don't think. In hindsight, now that he's divorced, I think he was <laughs> trying to get away from his wife for like eight hours on a Saturday, but... <laughs> the symbolism of running away from her forever. <laughs> Give me all the miles. I'm going to run as far away as I can. Sorry, Carolyn's brother, if I chance you No, listening. he's not, but he would find that funny. Okay, that's it's good. Okay. That's good. She okay. wouldn't, but he would. Okay, so you, I like to bring up pertinent sports topics with you that involve people that are famous beyond the wide world of sports because those are the only sports people you know are the people that are pop culture famous. Mm-hmm. So Tim Tebow, the Ugh. much chronicled uh, former Heisman Trophy winning quarterback, I thought he was gone from our lives. He hasn't been around for a while. Now he's back. I mean, Tim Tebow is my age. We are the same grade. We are the same class. And and um, he is coming back to the NFL. He has not played in the NFL. I mean, I think that the, the, the year of Tebow mania, I was in Denver uh, for New Year's Eve. And I watched the Tebow versus the Kansas City Chiefs game, which almost cost that Broncos team a playoff berth. But that was like a lifetime ago. Uh, That was like 10 years ago. And so now he's back in the NFL. He's playing tight end for the Jacksonville Jaguars. He's reunited with Urban Meyer. Before I give my opinion on this, what say you? Are are the First of all, are the the bloggers, are the TMZers on this or not? Listen, (laughs) I'm... I hate Tim Tebow Why? almost as Why? much as I hate Tom Brady. Okay, but so, so but Tom Brady is a pretentious, smug, pretty, uh, non-relatable, incredibly wealthy sociopath. That's who not doesn't who, eat tomatoes. Who doesn't? Yeah, right. Who eats? Can't even enjoy a caprese sweet, salad. Who eats sweet potato chips, chips with his guacamole. God, what a dork. Okay. <laughs> But why do you hate Tim Tebow? Because they're not the same one at all. I don't know. The overexposure. The overexposure and the Jesus stuff. It was just too much. And also, like, if he's going to come back, let's bring back Tony Romo. Oh, Romo's so much better than Tim Tebow, too. Like, Romo can play it for sure in the league. These are just, like, dorky. These guys just annoyed me. I don't know. Like, huh, I just huh. get annoyed by... Well, I like... I. You know what I like? I like these... Football players that are just like under the radar. Yeah. They do a good job. They yep. do good deeds. Yep. They don't murder their wives <laughs> or ex-wives like OJ. <laughs> or go like it, whatever that Hernandez guy is. Oh, man. This is my next point. This is your homework. You have to listen to Gladiator. The okay. Boston Globe podcast. I know. Podcast. You keep telling me you about ha- that. You have about, to listen to it yeah. about Aaron Hernandez. It will... It'll f- blow your doors off. I'm serious. It, it's very little about football and so much about... The enabling of elite athletes and uh, head injuries and just a variety of things. It's it's, yeah. it's a murder mystery. Uh, I mean, it's it's so good. But it's not a mystery. He's the one who murdered. Oh yeah, no, that's right. He did not get away with anything. <laughs> he murdered multiple people. And yes, I will download I mean, it today. But no, I'm not into tone. Uh, so Tim the Tim reason Tebow. I bring up that podcast though is the the tie here is that 
Urban Meyer, who's now the head coach of the Jacksonville Jaguars, was the head coach of the Florida Gators when Tim Tebow was there. Tim Tebow was one of, if not the most revered and praised college football player the last 20 years. Arguably one of the greatest Heisman Trophy winners of all time. Florida won multiple national championships. Tim Tebow was absolutely the face of college football. He was the most famous person in college football over the last 20 years besides probably Reggie Bush. All is that to say that the narrative around him and the and the, the the pedestal that they put him on and the glorification of him and the squeaky clean image that they projected on one hand was largely based on truth. On the other hand was a complete and utter smokescreen to deflect from the fact that Florida was absolutely the most uh, ill-behaved and scandalous football program in the history of college football. You never saw you, because Tim Tebow's leading Sports Center every day. You don't see all these other guys that are getting arrested. Right, like Aaron Hernandez never had to face the consequences of all the trouble he got in in college because the media was too busy making so out you with think Tim Tebow. Florida created that to keep the no off. Question. Yeah, Florida at one time had Tim Tebow and Cam Newton. And Cam Newton, oh God. Cam Newton got in trouble for stealing a laptop. He basically like had a laptop from the library and he didn't give it back. And they used that to kick him out of school because they want they had two guys and they wanted to go with the Golden Boy. And they mm-hmm. thought if they went with, but Cam Newton is way better player than Tim Tebow. Right. And they would have won national championships with Cam Newton, but they needed the squeaky clean image. This brings me to my point now. Tim Tebow is 34 years old. He never could play in the NFL, so he's not going to be able to play in the NFL now, 12 years after college. No chance. Didn't he try to play baseball, too? He did. Yeah. He was actually better at baseball than he was. Yeah. Oh, that's actually not true. Tim Tebow led a team to the playoffs as a quarterback, so it's hard to say he was completely awful as a uh, football player. But he was pretty good in minor league baseball for a little while. My point is that I find this is, this is going to be a fascinating experiment because you can have the squeaky clean guy in college that controls the narrative because everybody's a, such a short age gap. Mm-hmm. So as long as your leader in your face of your program is making good headlines, it can cover up for a lot of the bad headlines. You can also suspend these kids behind closed doors or kick them off the team, and it's not that big of a deal. In the NFL, when guys get in trouble, it's everywhere. But also, they're on contracts, so they can get cut in a minute. It's just a completely different procedure. What I'm getting at, though, this is uh, we've never really seen this, where an NFL coach is using one of his 53 roster spots for a good old buddy who's a PR uh, who's elderly. Who's elderly and who's a PR stunt, basically. Like in the NFL, you don't have PR stunts. Right. And they're doing a PR stunt to right. deflect from all these other things. And on one hand, I think it's brilliant because now the media in Florida is going to be talking about Tim Tebow way more than they're going to be talking about uh, Trevor Lawrence, the new number one pick out of Clemson. Tebow's actually from Jacksonville, so that makes sense. But it's also just crazy because this is one of a kind where you're using a multi-million dollar contract on a guy who's not going to play. That's crazy. Um, I st- I don't like him. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> I mean, it'll be fun to watch, not the football part, the media part, and it'll like see how what that's going to look like. But um, I think I thought he was just a big dork. Okay, last thing. Ticket, right. ticket does on sports with our good friend Carolyn. Tom Brady has it renting Derek Jeter's house. Yeah. <laughs> I'll say it one more time. What a what a funny thing in itself. Tom Brady has been renting Derek Jeter's house. Derek Jeter sold said Tampa Bay mansion for $22.5 million. Seven-bedroom, eight-bath estate. So basically, Tom Brady had his house sold out from under him. <laughs> this is just funny, right, that the, the most famous quarterback in the league is, first of all, renting and also now has to find a home. Why doesn't Tom Brady just buy a house? I'm fairly certain... Um Derek Jeter gave Tom Brady notice. Well, sure. So I'm sure he's not homeless. Um, I'm guessing. Yeah, they the talked ha- about it at their Illuminati meeting. Yes, I'm sure the house <laughs> wasn't up to Tom Brady or Giselle's standards. That's right. Well, because they still have their home in in whatever it's called, the fancy place outside Boston. The Cape. 
Yeah, one of the Cape, but it's like something else. Oh, uh, Nantucket? There's Nantucket, and then there's the other one. Martha's Vineyard. Oh, Martha's Vineyard, yeah. yes, yes. Um, I don't think that... I think Tom Brady's going to be retiring. He's not going to put down real roots in Tampa. I think he's just going to rent, which is a really bad investment, Tom Brady. Just buy. That, that's what I'm saying is like... what. Tom Brady's probably made $200 million in his career. His wife's probably made, what, four times that? I mean, isn't she like the richest supermodel in the history of the world by so much? I don't know. I don't follow The, the point is that they're worth hundreds of millions of dollars. Right. They could just go buy like, you know, a little modest $3 million home or something with cash, certainly. But I believe they had built either the one in Martha's... Oh, no, they built a home in LA and it was like yeah. years in the making. And so well, they right, seem like that particular got, Well, people. that also got Tom in a lot of trouble because then that's when he went and knocked up Bridget Moynihan when he was hanging out in LA. And that's where he almost got cut mm-hmm. off from old Sugar Mama because that was not a very popular decision. Time out. He was with... Or was that, did that Sugar ha- Mama first? Oh, and, and then, then went he, to Giselle. Yeah, okay, I don't so know why he, we're calling her Sugar Mama. Giselle. Giselle. No, he was with Bridget Moynihan first. I see. He got her pregnant while she was pregnant. Mm, mm. They broke up. And he went to Giselle. And then he went to Giselle. Yikes. And um, I would be really annoyed if I was pregnant and then my ex started dating Giselle. Uh, yes, yes. I would, yes. I would feel really annoyed and eat 10 more donuts. <laughs> <laughs> well. We're going to do one more Chicken Doesn't Know Sports later this week. So check back with us on Thursday. Carolyn will have all sorts of stuff. I was just making Carolyn uh, be the comedic relief for all of these very pertinent and important things we needed to talk about today. But Carolyn, thank you for swinging by. We'll see you Thanks on Thursday. Thanks for having me. Nuana's now 1029 ESPN Missoula, statewide television, SWX Montana TV. Story time with Tommy right after this. Blackfoot Communications is actively supporting the communities we serve across Montana and Idaho. We are installing hundreds of miles of fiber in our service territories, increasing the broadband experience in our rural communities. We are delivering remote workforce solutions for our business communities. We are creating new, innovative solutions for our local entrepreneurs and enterprise organizations. Learn how your company can benefit. Call today at 541-5000 or go to blackfootbusiness.com. Blackfoot Communications. Connect to more. I love it. Welcome back. Nuana is now 1029 ESPN Missoula. Statewide Television, SWX, Montana TV. I got a pretty good story, but I'm going to wait until tomorrow to tell it. I definitely stayed in the, the two worst hotels I've ever stayed in in my life over the weekend. I won't tell you the brand names, but uh, they were horrific. I don't want your pity. I don't want you to feel bad for me. In fact, I love when you hit the bottom of the barrel. When you... When you know what the absolute worst is, it's only it's only uphill from there. So that's uh, why I've been working on this show for that's right, six that's years. That's right. That's right. That's right. There's no there's nowhere but up to go for Tommy Evans. Which on that note, it's Nuana's now 1029 ESPN Missoula Statewide Television SWX Montana TV. Very happy to have Tommy back in the control room here at Nuana's now. And Tommy, you weren't even back there, so I teased something without you even knowing. I said it's time for. Story time with Tommy. Oh, you did. But you don't have very long. So Tommy is a great storyteller. He can yes. tell stories for 10 to 15 minutes straight. They're always hilarious. Tell us your best two-minute story. You said something about a house flood or you burning something down. What's wrong with you now? I have been in this rental for three years, <laughs> and it has flooded or been on fire multiple times, <laughs> and it's flooding again right now. It's a great big disaster. But the most recent <laughs> development in my life would be... Uh, 
Have you ever, Coulter, flung toothpaste into your eyeball? Oh, yes. Okay. Oh, yes. I did this for the very first time on Friday or Thursday last week, yeah. I think. And it's, it was really curious because you put, you know, a little glob of the toothpaste yeah. on the brush, and I somehow, like, flicked, like, like, like I flicked the bristles. Yep. And, pew, like, spring-loaded both of my eyeballs. So then I was called up to be the stadium announcer for my little brother's baseball uh, game on Saturday. Oh, that's beautiful. 15U. So I'm up there in the stands. This is like 24, 48 hours removed from the toothpaste saga. Sure. And my eyes are on fire. And so I'm trying to see what's going Can't on. And and my my mother said, Did you have a late night, son? <laughs> Are you not dehydrated? Do you need some Pedialyte? Oh, my no, I have God. this toothpaste problem. And she's like, oh, I remember uh, being in my mid-20s. Oh, I know man. what's going on. Man. But I got to tell you, uh, the toothpaste in the eye is one of the worst things to happen to me in quite a while. Because, I mean, And then really, I got a pretty good life, if that's the no worst question. thing that's been going on. It's true. Outside of dealing with you yeah, on a day-to-day right. basis. I hate the communication style of one-upsmanship. It's my least favorite thing, but I have to one-up you really Go quickly. Go ahead and do it anyway. This is a hilarious COVID-related story. We try to talk about COVID as little as possible on this show because I know everybody's listening to this show because they hear about all that everywhere else. So we try to make, have some fun around here. But that's right. I've told this to, my, to the loyal listeners out there. I am so, so, so blind, right? I wear contacts. I somehow lost my glasses last spring. That's here nor there, though. So, I went to go put my contacts in one time about within the last, I don't know, eight to nine months. Hand sanitizer. It was the hand sanitizer, not this contact solution. The worst pain I've ever felt. That's why you don't keep the hand sanitizer in the bathroom next to the contact solution. But please keep using the hand sanitizer. It's good for everybody throughout the world. Great show. Really fun. Thanks for riding with us on a Monday. Thanks so much for Sam Herter, Hero Sports, for swinging by, as well as Brooks Duana at SkylineSportsMT.com and our good friend Carolyn as well. Back at tomorrow. Tuesday is a big show as well. we got multiple guests for you. Brett Hine from the Ogden Standard Examiner in Utah is going to swing by talk Weber State football with us. We're also going to hear from Carly Van Heater, the women's champion in the javelin over the weekend, and Dylan Rowe. What do you Get commencement ready at the Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day. Their grad fair sale is going on right now if you visit msubookstore.org. Free regalia? When you purchase a diploma frame at the MSU Bookstore, you can obviously visit the MSU Bookstore on the Montana State campus. The Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day. Visit on campus or at msubookstore.org.